prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked when you see them, and do not turn your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wound shall be quickly healed, your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise for you in the darkness, and your gloom shall become like midday. The word of the Lord. Where is the light? Brothers, we've been blessed to hear from Isaiah nine of these last 11 weeks, attuning us to the change that God willed to bring about in our world on the glorious day of Jesus' nativity. All four Sundays of Advent, we heard of this day as a far-off coming, when the nations would seek the God of Jacob to be instructed by him, when the shoot of Jesse would bloom, would blossom, when the weakest would be strengthened, and when sadness would be no more. And we heard of the sign that would mark all these events, that the virgin would conceive and bear a child. And we know this child to be Jesus Christ, the divine Son of God, coming to earth as flesh and blood. And since Christmas, we've heard more about Jesus, as foretold by Isaiah, and we've heard promises that he would be light for people in darkness, that he would come to establish justice on earth and that he would have the power to save. And we do believe that Jesus has come and died and risen and saved. So where is the light? Where is this promised justice? Where is Jesus with his power to save? More than two millennia after this prophecy, we ask these questions. And more, questions like, when will the wounds of our race be healed? There are so many examples. I won't even begin to count them that are out here in the world today. When will God's vindication and glory be so abundantly clear to us as we hear in this promise? Let's let Isaiah tell us. In Isaiah 58, this whole chapter from which this reading is taken, it reflects the modern life of faithful Christians. Isaiah speaks to Israelites who know that they're God's chosen people, who trust wholeheartedly that God longs to pour out blessings upon them, and who yet experience affliction, suffering, and trial. That's us. But it's them, too. It's the Israelites. In the first verses of this chapter, God charges Isaiah to tell this people their sins with the understanding that this is a people longing for God and that God loves unconditionally. God knows you want his justice, Isaiah says. God knows how badly you want to come to him. You know that he's the answer. Good. You know God is your king. Good. You know you belong to God in a special way. Good. Because you know all these things, God has charged me to tell you 
of the obstacles that you put between yourselves and God. I'm here to tell you that you often act in a way not befitting a chosen people of God. God wants more for you. He's charged me to tell you about the things that you're doing to shut him out. He knows your every action. hears your every word. He knows the thoughts you nurse. He even knows about the uncharitable words spoken in secret, the grudges you hold on to, the petty judgments you make. And he sent me to say all the quarreling and fighting among you, any lack of peace in your midst, all the strife that affects you personally, communally, it follows all of it, every bit of it, from not making enough room for him. Challenging words from Isaiah to Israel. How far are they from speaking to us? We also trust wholeheartedly that God longs to pour out blessing and that he already has. He has, brothers, in Jesus Christ. And we Catholics profess to enjoy the fullness of the gifts that God offers to humanity. We're privileged with the Eucharist, Jesus' flesh and blood, to nourish our souls, make us more really into members of his body. With confession, where abundant healing grace is poured out on us to heal our every wound. With the sure teaching of Christ entrusted to the apostles and his successors. And yet all the same, we experience discord, affliction, suffering, and trial, just like Israel. Isaiah invites us to ask ourselves, how well do our lives, our lives with the immense gifts given to us, reflect the will of God? Do I ever find myself carrying out my own pursuits instead of God's? Why don't I make works of mercy, corporal and spiritual, these listed in the others, my top priority? Why don't I, in faith, hope, and love, turn my spiritual life more outward? Why don't I make into a higher priority lightening the burdens of others by leaning on and acting in the one who bears all burdens? This is all God wants from us, mercy. Us to be his chosen people, chosen to pour out his abundant mercy on the world around us, on the other people he loves just as much as us. Verse 10, which we heard from our reading, gives us the clearest, one of the clearest Old Testament pictures of this, what it looks like. And the English doesn't quite do it justice. It says, if you bestow your bread on the hungry is how it begins. The Greek and the Hebrew and the Latin all agree. It's something much more like if you pour out to the hungering your own soul and replenish the afflicted soul, then God's healing, power, vindication, and yes, light will come at once. This pouring out of the soul, this earnestness for replenishing the souls of others, this is what God wants from us. If we practice this, this fast of mercy, this affliction, this affliction of mercy for others, the presence of the light will be clear. And we will see as it always is, God's light all around us. Here, oh God.